We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I am not your regular host, Stevie TPFL, but I am your host, TJ Zwarich, today, ready to break down this eight-game slate. And so I brought in somebody, and I'm saying I brought in, you know, I was late. He's the one who sent me the link. But I brought in somebody who's a vet to the morning grind since I uh, I haven't hosted the show all too often. But Will, Chief Justice, how you doing, my man? Oh, you're still muted. <laughs> Yep, there we go. We're <laughs> muted. There it is. I, I got my one out of the way for the week. Um, doing good, man. Another day, another dollar. I am. Uh, I'm happy to be here and come on with you and uh, talk through this this slate. Nice, nice little slate. I had a really good weekend. Um, you know, I not necessarily in the MLB streak, but in the golf streak. I, I just, who golf was. Magnifique, if I must say so myself, this weekend. So I'm I'm super uh, I'm, I'm super excited. So uh, hopefully we can help these people bring in the week with a few more dollars in their pockets. Hopefully, hopefully I'm feeling ready. I can't wait for NFL season. I just like if there's 30 days left, I'm just itching to uh, start this season up because that's really my best DFS sport. I feel like how things have been going with me for baseball this season is I really have a hot week and then a really cold week and then a hot week and then a cold week. There's really been nothing in between. There's no been, there's been no smooth sailing throughout this MLB season. It's just kind of all the picks hit one night and then absolutely none of them do the next. So hopefully 
today is going to be one of the days uh, that all of them hits. We got a nice Monday slate, eight games, July 24th. Uh, let's start breaking this down. The first game that we have is Colorado at Washington. Um, don't see a total for this one quite yet. I don't think we exactly know what's going on with Colorado's pitching situation. Um, we got uh, Kaufman in there right now. Might be a little bit of a uh, – uh, they were expected to get an opener before him, and so he just got called back up. But um, Colorado and Washington's uh, Kaufman and Corbin's darting with. Do you have any interest in the long reliever Kaufman? No, me neither. Zero. Not going to be considering playing this guy. It's uh, it's a Colorado game outside of Coors. Are you going to play Patrick Corbin against them? Oh man, uh, Patrick Corbin is such a mixed bag of opportunity I will say because of this Colorado matchup I'm just going to take the fade and so he's not a hard no for me Colorado has been easy to pick on with left-handed pitching this year with any type of pitching really but I I can't do it with Corbin I I, I'm just going to let him sit on the shelf yeah I'm with you there I don't think this is going to be a guy that I'm looking to go to, you know, we only have, um, we only have eight games, but I still think we're going to be able to find better pitching in this one than uh, Corbin and Kaufman. But let's talk about the bats. Uh, Do you have any interest in rolling with Colorado against Patrick Corbin? They do have a couple strong righties in that lineup, you know, CJ Crone and Chris Bryant, neither of them were in the lineup on Sunday, but if both of them happen to get back in the lineup on uh, Monday, I, I think I'd have some interest in them. Yeah, if Crone is – if he's in the lineup for sure, uh, like at 4,400, I don't hate that. I and mean, you, you've already mentioned Brian at 4,600 if he's in the lineup for sure. But I – all in all, I don't I don't really want to play this team. Uh, even if even if they're back, like I don't mind one-offing those two guys. Uh, maybe maybe some Randall Gritchick too. I, I don't want to excuse him. Randall Gritchick at 3,600. A guy that's had some pop over the years against left-handed pitching. He could be – actually, Gritchick might actually be my favorite out of this bunch just because of the one-off home run potential and the price. So the combination of the cheaper price with very similar upside in this spot, I'm pretty intrigued with Gritchick. But outside of that, I'm, I'm not playing any Rockies. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I don't mind Gritchick. He's nice and cheap, 3600 on DraftKings. Um, nice price tag for him. Obviously, you like playing Colorado a little bit better when they're in Coors, but I don't mind going uh, with Gritchick in this spot regardless. How about Washington? Are you interested in any uh, Washington bats going up against a bullpen game for Colorado? I don't hate it. I think with Washington, if I end up playing them, I think I just stack them. They're all very cheap, like not an expensive team. Uh, and typically not a team that's going to score a lot of runs anyway, but they just don't strike out a lot. And so you got a team that's not going to strike out a ton. They're a low ISO team, a low runs team, a low strikeout team. It's kind of a bad combination, but in a sense that they're going to be facing a really bad pitcher today. I, I don't mind, you know, firing a couple of darts. Yeah, I'm with you. They just have such appealing price tags like CJ yeah. Abrams leading off at 3,600. I'm going to keep playing him every single day until they raise that price up over close four and a half, five K. Um, he's just been hitting the ball so well ever since getting to that leadoff spot. He's stealing bases left, right, and center. And so I'm going to, I'm down to play some of this Washington team, get a little Ruiz, little Candelario, little Thomas, and have uh, CJ Abrams 
and be the guy that I'm uh, centering my lineups on. I want to give a shout out to those watching us live on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Let's make sure we are hitting that like button. We'll end the show with some home run calls. Maybe see if we can get some uh, prize picks uh, type things from Chief towards the end, looking at the next day. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I'm going to need you to hit the like button uh, for, for in order to give you the goods. Game yeah, two. I, was, I was trying to see if we had anything on Corbin. Like, I got a feeling Corbin's K-Prop is going to come out a little higher today because of the Rockies, but I'm, but don't hold me to that. Cor- Corbin is a guy I may not mind a four and a half today, the strikeout prop at four and a half. Like this team's been dreadful in the strikeout department. I doubt seriously he comes out at three and a half. I think Corbin comes out at four and a half. I'll be in on four and a half. Um, fully understanding that once I hop in, Corbin, Corbin's going to break my heart. For what it's worth, back going back to the Nationals, I don't have his minor league stuff up in front of me, but in a pretty limited sample so far when Kaufman's been Kaufman, sorry, has been called up, he's got a less than 10% strikeout rate to both sides. Yeah. The lefties are hitting him hard 48%, but righties 66 and a 0.7% hard hit rate uh, so far this year. So don't be afraid to mix in the Lance Thomas's et cetera in your lineups. Don't just uh, get the lefties in there, but Let's take it to the next game. Second game on the slate, we have Kansas City. We have the Guardians. Uh, seven and a half total in this, eight and a half total in this one. Logan Allen, Ryan Yarborough in this, uh, pitching in this one. Uh, first, do you have any interest in Ryan Yarborough at 5,800? No. I think maybe if I'm playing a ton of lineups, I could mix them in. Uh, <laughs> since uh, two games coming back from injury, he uh, he pitched around 80 in both of those maybe not super high upside but if you need uh i like if i'm gonna play a pitcher against cleveland i would way rather it be a lefty than a righty um and so if you need a cheap sp2 and you're playing a ton of lineups i don't think it's the craziest thing kansas city's pretty terrible uh logan allen hadn't been pitching very much he had a, a real short uh leash he wasn't going uh, very well but then he pitched a really strong game and only 77 pitches in his uh, first game starting in a while last game. Do you have any interest against the lowly uh, Royals? Yeah, I do have some interest in Logan Allen. One of the things that and, – and this is kind of the guy I had penciled to actually spend a little bit more time on. Like some guys I'm just not going to spend a whole lot of time on during the show. Logan Allen is one I wanted to because of the matchup with Kansas City, but also uh, what we've seen over the past 30 days, like uh, in terms of uh, – the matchup, right? And I think I think the matchup matters. So we saw him in June, right? And so in June, you know, got hit around a little bit, but he, he was up to 98 pitches. And so to me, that does tell a little story because when we saw him come in, TJ, early June, so he, he was hovering in that 70 to 80 pitch range, 70 to high 80s, got up to 98 against Kansas City. Where did we see him when he came back in Pittsburgh? 77 pitches. I think we see him trend up to probably mid to upper 80s again, maybe even low 90s against this team. I am in on Logan Allen against the Kansas City Royals. Like, at 8,700, do I think he has as much upside as, let's say, Castillo or Maeda today? I wouldn't play him over Maeda, but I would play him with Maeda, if that makes any sense. I think Logan Allen is – I wonder how much ownership he's going to get because I think the field is caught up to um, how bad Kansas City has been recently. I think the field is kind of caught up to that now. 
and I think Maeda is going to garner way more ownership. I'm wondering where he lands on the ownership spectrum, but I'm still saying I think Logan Allen is a great play today no matter what. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he is a really great option today. I'm going to be going to him as well in my lineups. Chat's giving me a tough time for my choice of attire right now. I'll tell a little story why. Uh, I mean, you can look at this one of two ways. I'll tell you the story, but you can look at uh, this one of two ways. One, maybe it's a little unprofessional. I'm wearing a tank top. You know, it's it's not ideal when you're uh, on a stream. Grant, or- Grant Niefer, my good friend Grant Niefer wears tank tops or bare skin sometimes. So I think you're fine. I mean, the other way you could look at this is it's more reason to watch the YouTube video as opposed to just listening to the podcast because, I mean, the shoulders the shoulders are out. The chest is showing a little bit. This is some some type of stuff that's usually behind the paywall. Uh, so uh, maybe it's just an extra reason to watch YouTube. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to be looking to play some Logan Allen today. Are you, do you think you're going to want to play any Kansas City against him? They're no. not very expensive. No. Bobby Witt Jr., maybe what about a Sal Perez one-off? Okay. You could sell me on hitters that actually have pretty good skills, like Sal or Bobby Witt. Speaking of which, how long is Bobby Witt going to be in Kansas City? I, I, he, he's got to be one of those hot prospects that at some point is just going to be out of the organization at, on another team. Uh, that's a sidebar. But I, um, you can sell me on some one-offs. But like when you don't have any run protection, like guys got to get on base so they can score points. So, well. Not as much for Bobby Witt. Salvador needs guys on base to, to, to make up his fantasy points because all of his stuff is in the RBI potential in the home run ball. Bobby Witt can get a single and steal a base and then maybe steal another base and get a walk and still kind of hit some value. Uh, Sal needs guys on base, and that's where they're struggling. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not ideal. If you land on a Garcia Perez Witt mini sack, something like that, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Allen does have a 50% hard hit rate to right-handed batters this year and a pretty solid sample size. So um, maybe that mini stack is okay, but I don't think I'm trying to do a full stack or anything like that. Uh, What about Cleveland going up against Ryan Yarbrough? Do you have any interest in them? For me, like guys like Ramirez and Rosario, they're they're fine. Uh, especially, obviously, Ramirez is always great. But I definitely like targeting Cleveland when I'm when they're facing right-handed pitching as opposed to left. Yeah, I I'm okay with like I feel the same way about Cleveland. So I'm not a big believer in Ryan Yarbrough in terms of the fact that he's an elite starter. Let me. Say, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying I don't feel like he's elite. And against Cleveland, you know, I feel like you're going to beat Cleveland with elite pitching, not like mid-tier, bottom-tier. You're not going to beat them that way. They just don't strike out enough. So for me, I, I, but but Cleveland is also a fairly low ISO team as well that doesn't strike out. They just score more runs than Washington. And so for me, I, I'm more in a one-off situation. Uh, of course, you know, Jose Ramirez, I feel like I can play him every slate. Like, I don't I don't feel like I have to run away from Ramirez. Um, you know, Quan is another guy where I feel like I don't have to run away. But I, I kind of be more in a one-off to three max Cleveland players in any lineup that I build. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Maybe I'm playing some Jose Ramirez, but I don't plan on uh, getting to anybody else, I don't think. Next game, we got Seattle Mariners at the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Eight total in this one. Luis Casillo, Kenta Maeda, arguably the two uh, top pitchers on this slate for DFS purposes today. Uh, And we got both of them in the same game. How much interest do you have today in Luis Castillo at 10-6 on DraftKings? 
Man, I've got some interest. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. I have a lot of interest. Like, I can't, I just can't pass up opportunities against Minnesota anymore. And so, and I'll just, you know, full disclosure here, my last, uh, the last time Castillo was pitching, I was on Take Your Pick'em. They had Castillo up at eight strikeouts. And I said, man, Castillo hasn't been pitching well. And maybe he did start pitching the contact before the All-Star break came back from the All-Star break. I said, well, I know it's Minnesota. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Castillo's like fundamentally seemed like he was just trying to change the way he was pitching. Comes out against Minnesota. I mean, God, what do you have, 25 strikeouts? I'm kidding. But, I mean, just Minnesota's just giving up the strikeouts. My only my only drawback is he's seen this team within the past week. However, they strike out so much. I think I don't think I can fade Castillo. Let me let me put it to you like that. I want to see where his ownership comes in. I feel like it won't be astronomical because of the Maeda effect and maybe because of Gray. Um, and also maybe because Darvish gets Pittsburgh and people think Pittsburgh's awful, but they're not terrible. They just, you know, but I think the name value of Darvish and the matchup of Allen and Maeda on the other side may give us Castillo slightly under-owned, lower-owned than we want, and I think I take some shots. Yeah, I'm with you. It's gonna For tournaments, it's going to depend on ownership for me, but I think in cash games, he's definitely going to be in the conversation. Um, Minnesota has been hitting the ball better lately. They got a lot of dangerous lefties in there and Casillo's got a 221 ISO to lefties so far, 50% hard hit rate. So this is kind of one of those situations that if Castillo is going to be something like 50% owned, I think I'm going to have quite a bit of interest in Minnesota in tournaments. Um, but I definitely still think he's going to be in like the cash game conversation, single entry conversation. How about Kenta Maeda? His price has gone up a little bit. He's up to eight, six now on DraftKings. I still think he is in play, um, but he's he, and he's a great option today. But he's not as a oh, great salary saver. Throw him right in as he had been uh, the past couple of games. Yeah, yeah. But even at eighty six hundred, Seattle's been striking out in their own right, right on the other side. So this is just one of those. Give us a good pitcher's dual matchup like we want. Both of you guys go out here and do your jobs. Like we saw him against Seattle the last the last uh, time out. Six and a third innings, eighty only eighty pitches. Only see th- this is this is kind of the thing with between Maeda and Allen. Maeda might have more strikeout stuff right now, but he also may not. And they pulled him at eighty pitches. Uh, can, can we get him at ninety pitches this game? It feels like Maeda's always a guy. They've been every organization. TJ has been committed to keeping him under ninety pitches most games. And I, I don't know, but but the strikeouts are just there. They're right for the taking. I think we can still take a shot even at 80 pitches because of the massive strikeout matchup he has today. But I also wouldn't be surprised if at 80 pitches he doesn't get us where we need to be. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. It's really not that strong of a pitching slate today, which is why Maeda, uh, Castillo, I mean, Castillo kind of usually is, but uh Castillo at his price Maeda Logan Allen these are some of the top options today just because we really don't have all that strong of a pitching slate it's another one of the reasons why I'm kind of willing to take some shots on a guy like Ryan Yarborough today because he's so nice and cheap and there aren't that many strong options what about the Seattle Bats got any interest in targeting against Maeda 
I don't really want to target him. Like, I think if I was doing it, I'd be doing one-offs. And I know it feels like I'm fading a lot of offenses right now, but don't worry, folks. I, I've got some offenses I want to utilize. But just these first couple games, um, I'm kind of backtracking here. Like Washington, one-offs from Colorado. Don't really like either side of Kansas City, Cleveland, outside of some one-offs. Don't really like any bats in this game because I think the strikeout stuff is going to be there for both of these guys, even though they – they just saw them recently. I just think these guys strike out at such an incredible clip. I don't really want, want any parts of the bats. Seattle's kind of a team for me that I always include when I'm running 150 lineups, but in a single entry, even if I'm rolling up to about 20, I don't think I'm going to have to use Seattle in this one. How about Minnesota? For me, they are a team I'm going to want to be using too as a salary saving option. Uh, maybe if I'm, full stacking a, a Dodgers or some Toronto players. And there's, there's some expensive options there. I think a mini stack with Minnesota, uh, if you're fading Castillo in a lineup could be an interesting way to go about it. Use a $2,800 Kirloff, a $2,900 Kepler, uh, Edward Julian, 3,300. All these guys are probably batting in the top four. Um, and even Correa and Buxton aren't expensive either. Buxton kind of had been cold and then went absolutely nuclear uh, a couple games ago with uh, two home runs for RBIs. So um, Minnesota, to me, I think actually is a pretty, pretty decently interesting team as a sneaky stack or as a mini stack. Um, I think you could maybe see when the expert survey comes out on Monday, that might be the team I write up as my, uh, my sneaky stack. You interested in getting to Minnesota at all? Maybe some one-offs, but like, and it's not just because I saw Castillo mow this team down. I pretty much seen seen every pitcher that has reasonable strikeout stuff mow this team down. Lance Lynn got shelled and still picked up six or seven strikeouts. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like the strikeouts are going to be there. Um, You know, I think on the previous slate, we saw Giolito was able to mow this team down. It's just on both sides of this team, the strikeouts are just astronomical. Yeah, I'm with you. They are strikeout heavy, which is one of the reasons why we like these pitchers so much in this one. But I'm with you. Uh, like the one-offs or mini stack are where I like them the most. But I do think there is somewhat interesting contrarian stack if you're playing a lot of lineups. Next game, these, these totals kind of keep rising a little bit as we go through the slate. Um, yeah. We're up to eight and a half. Now we go on with nine. It's Cincinnati at Milwaukee. We like playing Cincinnati a little bit more where they're, where they're at their home, home ballpark, but Milwaukee is not so terrible either. Yeah. Graham Ashcraft at Colin Rea. Two guys who maybe aren't the strongest pitchers, and uh, but on a slate like this, maybe, maybe you could even uh, use them a little bit. I don't know what you think. Are you going to any... Graham Ashcraft against the high strikeout Brewers? No. $6,800 on DraftKings. If you're nope. running 150 lineups, maybe you can keep him in your pool. He's not a big strikeout guy, but he's gone at least six innings in four games in a row. Uh, you don't have to worry about pitch count, um, but it's really just like a maybe I would keep 5 to 10% of him in 150 lineups type of thing. That'd be about it. How about Colin Rea going up against Cincinnati? Nope. That's a hard no for me as well. I'll maybe in a ton of lineups take the odd shot on Ashcraft, but Rhea, he's easily getting the X button for me. I think these are going to be two of the better offenses to target on the slate for batters, though. Um, are you interested in rolling with Cincinnati going up? Oh, man. Colin Rhea? 
Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested in stacking up this whole game. I'm interested in stacking up both sides. Uh, when it comes to Cincinnati, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty much in on this whole offense. Even the throw, in, even the vomit guys that you may not want to play, I'm in on them because you know the thing about stacks, TJ. And I know you know this. All it takes is a $2,400 catcher like Kirk Casale. I'm not saying he's going to play tomorrow. All it takes is for this guy to hit two home runs. And suddenly you're in contention to take down a GPP if this team rattles off a big score. All it takes, all it takes is for one of these odd guys, right, like Nick Senzel, to hit two home runs in that stack with guys on base. And all of a sudden, you're in the running to take down a tournament. So while everyone's going to be flocking to Ellie De La Cruz and McLean and Fraley, they should be they should be flocking to those guys. Don't forget about your cheap guys at the bottom of the order that are also playing in the same conditions and have most of the time they if the team is scoring runs, they're going to have as many opportunities as the top of the lineup would to pick up fantasy points. And so I like this team as a whole today like both sides of this game as a whole. I'm not saying you've got to stack this up as a, a game stack together. You can stack this team and then stack it with somebody else, obviously. But I think these are two of the uh, closely close enough to premier spots on the day uh, because they're not going to be facing any crazy pitching. The This, I think, might be my top stack on the slate, if not top three kind of at the absolute worst. I can almost guarantee, I don't think I'm on any grinders live uh, or crunch time t- on Monday, but if I were, I could almost guarantee TJ Friedel and Jake Fraley might be Spidey Bombs again because their odds are continuously broken on, uh, I think it's mostly Caesars, but most sites, you can almost every night get Jake Fraley at plus 600 or better, TJ Friedel at plus 750 or better. And so if that's the case again on Monday, get those in because these lefties especially are in a phenomenal spots against Rhea, giving up a 53% hard hit rate this year, 242 ISO, 361 Woba, only striking out 17% of lefties. Um, the righties are in a great spot too, but the lefties are in a extra great spot. He gets ground balls to 53.3% uh, of lefty righties over half the time. To lefties, it's all the way down to 36.8%. So these guys are in uh, some really, really great spots. Get Joey Votto in your stack. Yeah. Um, pick. I, I think you kind of want to make sure you get Friedel, Freitli, and Votto. Um, and you take your choice between Ellie Dela Cruz and maybe one of these righties. But one of my favorite players to hit in uh, the reach around stack that they always like to joke about on Grinders Live, it's Will Benson. Will Benson, I love playing. Nobody ever really gets to him. He's a phenomenal hitter. Not phenomenal. He's a very good young hitter, and the only reason he uh, is batting so low in the lineup is because they have so many other great young hitters in that lineup. Listen, um, we, we had a go-go gadget retraction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> phenomenal. I think you got to reserve the right for the, the all-star. But uh, I really like Will Benson, and he's a great young hitter, and so he's one of my favorite guys to include in a reach-around stack. What about Milwaukee? You interested in playing these guys against Grant? Oh Ashcraft? yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the crazy part is, I mean, you got Ashcraft. Um, you know, give me Yelich. I'm not expecting Yelich to hit a home run today, but I am expecting him to poke some balls through. Uh, you know, g- give me Adamas. You know, give me Urias. Give me Tourette. Like I, I'm going to stack this team. Give me Owen Miller. Owen Miller's probably going to continue to bat out of that five or six hole in this spot yet again. Thirty six hundred. Uh, I just think they're going to have opportunities. Contreras, 
Um, I think I think this game is going to have some scoring opportunities as it progresses, and I just want to make sure I'm involved in it. So I just, I just want to stack both sides of this game, and not necessarily together. I don't mind it together in a couple. Let's maybe I'll talk about that for a quick second, TJ. I'll get out of here, get off this game. But like in lineup HQ, um, I definitely think this could be a game where you stack both sides together because, like, if you want Contreras, you're probably going to play him. You'll probably play some some Yelich. And then, like, at first base, if you're looking between Votto and Miller, maybe you fade Votto in some, fade Miller in some. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can get very creative with the game stack here. Um, and so some of the – some of the like, for instance, if you play Willie Adamas, you can still play McLean and De La Cruz at second and third, which makes this very interesting because basically you're getting three of the better hitters in this game from both sides. And I, I don't think you'll see too much of that like in tournaments. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I wouldn't stack the game up just in every lineup, but in a couple in lineup HQ, I think you should try to get to that. Yeah. I, I like that call. I'm more interested in this Milwaukee team, I think as one-offs in a mini stack as opposed to a full stack. Uh, even though Ash, Ashcraft doesn't strike out that many guys, he is really strong at inducing ground balls. And most of this Milwaukee team are filled with ground ball hitters, especially a guy like Yelich. But individually, I think Willie Adamas might might be my favorite individual bat on the slate. Uh, he's not expensive. He's not hard to get to. Ashcraft's been a reverse splitsy guy. Um, and even though he still gets those ground balls to righties, he gets hit way harder. And so Adamas, only a 35 and a, uh, 35% ground ball rate this year. He's got a strong ISO, strong everything. He's better against righties than he is lefties. And so Adamus, I think, uh, winds up to be a really, really strong play in this one. Um, even though I'm not very interested in the full stack, he is going to be one of my favorite one-offs today, I think. Next one, decent spot for some offense as well. Um, we got Texas at Houston, eight and a half total. John Gray at Brandon Belak. Um, before we get into these uh, potential bats, though, tell me, do you have any interest in the pitchers in this one? I want to go to John Gray first. On the surface, I kind of think John Gray hasn't hasn't had more than four strikeouts since June seventh. You know, it's been it's been a month and a half since this dude's had more than four strikeouts. In that game, he had a ton, uh, but still, he hasn't been uh, pitching all that strong. He is a lot better to right-handed bats than he is left-handed bats. And he's going to get a lot of righties in this Houston lineup. Obviously, you got to worry about Kyle Tucker, but he's probably going to face eight righties and Kyle Tucker. So do you have interest in John Gray this evening? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You are muted. You're supposed to only get one. Yeah, this is supposed to be one time. I, I think a little leprechaun hit that, hit it that time. I don't even remember muting myself. So here we go. Here's what I will say about John Gray. Um, if John Gray doesn't get popped in the leg this last game, the Tampa Bay game, like he was pitching fine. When I say pitching fine, he'd give up eight hits and Babbitt was on his side, okay? If you give up eight hits in four and a third innings on 63 pitches, you should have at least two or three earned runs. Like he, he had no earned runs. So let me say this, Babbitt – was was on his side. But I will say he was on his way to more strikeouts, I think. At least one more in this particular game. I'm with you. I don't think Gray is going to be a favorite of mine between the other 8K pitchers that we have in Maeda and, uh, and, uh, and, and Logan Allen. I don't think I'm going to play him above those. Because of the righty situation, I don't mind squeezing him in. But John Gray really hasn't proved it, proven it to me all season. I don't see why he would start out even against a hand a boatload of righties. I'm going to take the fate, TJ. I don't feel great about it, but I should because he hasn't shown us that he's going to get it done. He's still he's still giving up plenty of hits. It's just the strikeouts were kind of coming in that last start. So um, I'm going to take the fate on Gray and hope that we're right about him in, in terms of how he's been doing this season. So it's going to be a hundred percent ownership dependent for me. Um, I'm willing to take some shots and see if, because it's an all righty lineup outside of Tucker, um, if he's uh, not picking up very much ownership, I'm down. I'm going to play a lot of John Gray and I'll, I'll take that gamble, even though he's been poor. Um, having said that, if he is going to be picking up some ownership because of that lack of strikeout rates, I have no issue whatsoever uh, getting underweight on him. If I land on him and I'm not, and I already have a ton of my ADA and I want to differentiate, yeah, I'm all good going there. But otherwise, it's going to be a fully ownership dependent thing. Brandon Belak on the other side, I pull up plate IQ, I look at his numbers 50% hard hit rate to lefties, 60% to righties. He doesn't strike anybody out, 15% to lefties, and 20% to righties. I don't like this Brandon Belak guy, but if you look at his game log, not that that's where we should be looking for uh, our sources. He's been playing pretty well lately. Uh, last three games, he's uh, gotten over 90 pitches. He's gotten over five innings. He's uh, mixed in a couple strikeouts at this cheap price. Who thing, he faced? Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to bait you into, into, into Colorado, Seattle. Maybe Colorado. it's worth it, but no, we're not playing Brandon Belak, right? No, no. He's getting the X button. Look, this is what we need to be doing now, Texas Rangers. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. I love Texas today. 
just stack this team, folks. Look, I, I understand every team could fail, but you, you're going to have to really convince me that Texas isn't like the premier stack on the day. Like, I just, I, I think, I think this is a top team on the day for sure. Like, it's got so much good hitting. I know Corey Seager went on the IL. That I mean, basically, what that does is that helps us pick up extra cheap bats. Like, look, Corey Seager does help this team play better. So, no, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But when you're saying now, um, the top bat on this team is probably going to be Simeon. And then we can mix and match these other cheap pieces around him because Garcia's dealing with the little, little finger thing as well. I, I think Texas is still going to be fine. I think they have enough to weather the storm here, especially against B-Lab. Yeah, I like Texas quite a bit today. Can, can um, I mention one more thing? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, the yeah. other reason I love Texas is the main reason that we just talked about with two of their best hitters may be out. So the lineup's going to appear watered down anyway. I think it's going to lower the ownership, which is going to help continue to give me more interest. Because guys like Grossman and Jankowski might bat a little higher up in the order. I was going to say, I hope we get somebody other than Jankowski at two. Like, I'd I'd love for them to give somebody like Leody Tavares a chance at that spot or something, because he's been so much better than Jankowski has. Um, If... uh, if Bilak has any plus ability, it's his ground ball uh, skills. And so Jankowski is a big, big ground ball hitter. So he's probably the guy, especially if he ends up somewhat chalky due to how cheap he is that I'd try and leave out of my stack. Maybe put Tavares in there if, if he is batting eighth, ninth, whatever it is, instead of Bilak. Yeah. Or sorry, instead of Jankowski. But Marcus Semyon, Nate Lowe, Jonah Heim, Ezekiel Duran, uh, Josh Jung, all these guys are in great spots. And I think Nate Lowe probably going to be my favorite how about houston do you think you have any interest in houston against john gray he hasn't been great i don't think i'm going to be full stack in this team but i do think kyle tucker is one of the best one-offs on the slate i'm with you i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it concise there play tucker for sure yeah perfect and i think that really is all the cover you're never really wrong for full stacking Houston especially against a guy that's struggling if maybe if he's chalky you can go for the full stack there but otherwise I don't think I'm going to be heading that direction three games left eight and a half total in this next one we got Pittsburgh at the San Diego Padres uh we uh, minus 245 for the Padres they're big favorites in this one they got a 525 implied run total compared to the 325 one for Pittsburgh today we got Quinn Priester going against the Padres we, uh, facing you, Darvish. Do you have any interest in Quinn Priester at 6K? No. Guy has been highly touted, strong curveball, struggled with a fastball. His first start was, I believe, the last time Stevie and I did the morning grind together uh, on the 17th. Only went 73 pitches. He really struggled. Uh, I mean, that was because he struggled, but San Diego is probably not the place I'm looking to jump on the horse. So I don't think right. any preacher for me. I'd rather go with a guy like Ryan Yarborough if I need to take an, uh, a cheap shot that I don't really like. Um, how about you, Darvish, on the other side going up against uh, the Pirates? So I feel like you is going to pick up some ownership on this slate. Like I think, people, I think people still think the Pirates are terrible. You get what I'm saying, like like a bottom tier team, and that's not completely the case this season. Like they're not a top tier team, but they're not at the bottom. Like uh, 
the Cubs or, you know, like they're, they're not a bottom feeder right now. So um, with that being said, I do think you is, I, I do think you still need to play him. Like he's still got strikeout stuff. Uh, he's still got a, one of the nicer leashes in the industry. If he's pitching fine, he'll go over a hundred pitches if he has to. He won't go far. He's not going to like 110, but like, you know, we've seen you get to, you know, 102, 103. I think he's got one game this season where, Maybe he really – I think he went, I don't know, 112, 115. Somewhere up in there, I think he went pretty deep. But that's not typical. Typically, he is going to be between 90 and 100. And so when you've got that kind of a leash, um, a guy that has a good pitch mix facing a, a, a Pirates team that's okay, not great, uh, I don't hate it at 9,400. I'm going to be very interested to see the lineup that Pittsburgh throws out at us because they do kind of have that ability to go – very right-handed or very left-handed dependent on uh, if they're facing a righty or a lefty. Now you Darvish is a right-handed pitcher, but he's also extremely reverse splitsy. He gets hit way harder by righties. He strikes out way less righties and his strikeout rate to lefties is actually uh, just about 30% this year. It's quite strong. So if we get a bunch of lefties in this lineup, a bunch of the switch hitters, uh, which of course would lead to them being left-handed against Darvish. I'm going to really like him. I'm going to want to pay up for that price tag, 9.4K. Um, I think that's going to be worth it. If Pittsburgh says, hey, we know what we're doing and we're going to just go fully right-handed here, I'm going to have a lot less interest in him, I think. Um, now, on the bat side of things, we look at these Pittsburgh hitters and it's kind of the same thing. I'm not going to have much interest in the lefties, but if McCutcheon's in the lineup, if Henry Davis has a good lineup spot, this young guy, uh, he was a number one pick. He's just been hitting the ball really well lately, starting to hit with some power. Um, so I think he's a really great potential contrarian salary saver today. And then if you do end up getting a right-handed heavy lineup, Connor Joe maybe ends up leading off again, something like that. Then maybe I'm looking to play these guys as a mini stack as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not. I'm not thrilled about the the pirates i don't mind you know picking and choosing i saw uh Derek mentioned in the the chat there that erod is on cheap catcher but absolutely at 2300 like you know you could you could do worse so i don't i don't hate that at all um i'm always for me i'm always in on playing a good hitter so like you know when you got Reynolds at 4700 like i don't i don't ever mind playing one of the best hitters on the team against anybody because that's the one guy that could that could do all the damage. So uh, I I don't think I'll stack up Pittsburgh, but I don't mind the one-off farm Reynolds today. The highest total on the entire slate uh, at this point. This uh, there's some that haven't dropped yet, but at this point, the highest total on the slate belongs to the San Diego Padres at five point two five. The night before, as we record this, um, where do the Padres rank among your top stacks for Monday, and who are some of your favorite bats? Yeah, I like the Padres. I think you stack this whole team up. One of the things I, I also like about the Padres is they started out the season rough, but now I think the name value on this team is starting to show. Like, yeah, they may not have been hitting well to begin the season, but when you got when you've got Tatis and you've got Soto and you've got Xander Bogarts and you've got uh, Trent Grisham and you've got Jake Cronenworth, you've got Haseon Kim. You've got Gary Sanchez. You've got like when you just got guys, right? That you got a gang of guys that can play baseball and hit the ball really well. Uh, you don't don't know. Look now, Nelson Cruz is still out there waiting to hit left-handed pitching. Like 
you, Matt Carpenter is still out there playing a lot of days, hitting right-handed pitching. When you've just got guys that have been around, some of these guys, at, at, uh, Rodan Odor out there, the hit right-handed pitching. They just got guys. He's in the minors right now, I believe. No, no, no. But but I'm saying they could call him up. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In general, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. My bad. Sorry, my I, bad. I don't want to mislead anyone. But my point is they just got guys. And Quinn Priest is probably going to have a really tough time today. And so I, I definitely want to play Pittsburgh. Uh, love, love this team. I mean, uh, uh, the Padres, excuse me. Love this team. The name value is there, but they're also playing well now. Like this, this team is hitting well, and I want to get involved for sure. Yeah, I I think that is very well said. And San Diego's—they're going to be one of the top stacks on the slate. Soto has been hitting better lately. Tatis will be arguably the top uh, battle on the slate. I'm sure uh, in the bad projection systems, they usually like him. I'm sure he will be the um, highest uh, projected bat on the slate. Um, I really like a guy like Gary Sanchez at 3,900, even as a one-off same with Manny Machado. If you land on him, I got no problem with that either. Full stack, totally all good. San Diego's going to project very well. It's really just going to depend on ownership for me. Yeah. And I know Brian mentioned they're all designated. Like Brian, I, I do know that. I'm sorry. That's why I said I didn't want to mislead anyone. My, my larger point was they got guys. Like if somebody goes down, they're fine. Like another professional hitter will just come in. And play well, like same thing, kind of for like David Dahl, which I know he came over from from uh, from the Rockies, but like he's he's still in their system right now. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they got guys, man. So I I like this team. Yeah, I'm with you, San Diego. One of the top stacks on the slate is just going to depend on the uh, on the ownership for me. Two games left. We got San Diego. We or sorry, we got St. Louis at Arizona. No total in this one yet but it's Adam Wainwright and Ryan Nelson. I oh, got to assume that like, I, I, I talked about how the Padres have the highest uh, implied run total at this point, since this game doesn't have a total yet, but I think both the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks might have even higher than the Padres today. Um, let's save some time. We're not playing Ryan Nelson or Adam Wainwright. No, no, not at all. All right, good. On the same page. Talk to me about St. Louis because Ryan Nelson has been bad, but he's been especially bad to lefties. But they got Nolan Gorman, who is day to day with some back pain. He didn't play uh, on Sunday. They got Lars Newtbar, uh, who uh, had to leave the game due to some uh, right heel soreness. A couple of their strongest left hand, uh, left handed. And back. Tommy Edmonds on the IL, who's their switch hitter. There you go, Tommy Edmonds on the IL as well. So. This team usually has the ability to throw out a bunch of strong lefties. Maybe not so much today. I'm sure they're going to have a Donovan leadoff, but we're going to have to see what else. I don't really care. I still really like St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't care, man. Like, look, you know, I talked about San Diego. Love that team big time. I I think I like this game more than I like the Cincinnati-Milwaukee game, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, but there, there are reasons for that. But, you know, I I think St. Louis as a whole is going to be a little watered down as well. If, if Especially if Gorman and, and Newt Bar don't play, like they're going to be a little watered down as well. But I think, I think the pitching in this game might be a little worse than the Milwaukee-Cincinnati game. So, that, that's, and that, so that's like the great equalizer, right? Like 
The Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Cincinnati game has bad pitching. This game has like worse pitching. Like it's it's worse, especially with with Wainwright. He's just been so bad. And I and I know I'm kind of taking these little rabbit trails, so they bear with me, folks. I understand what the organization is trying to do. And I and I and I, I actually think it's respectable, but man, Wainwright's been so bad. And so I think both sides of this game. Like, this is a game stack. But the first game we talked about, I'm like, I like both sides of the game. Maybe I don't stack the game, though. Like, this spot, I think I stack the game, if that makes any sense. Like, this is this is an elite spot for both teams. Yeah, I'm with you. And, like, the reason I said earlier St. Louis – or, sorry, I talked about the Cincinnati, and I said they might be my favorite stack, but probably closer to top three. And I think they're third because St. Louis is going to be number two. And Arizona, I think, to, to me, is going to be number one by a very, very wide margin. Uh, touching on St. Louis again quick, like, I think Brandon Donovan leading off would be my favorite play. But all of these guys, uh, all these righties, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Tyler O'Neill uh, back in the lineup, very cheap on FanDuel. Whoever's in the lineup is going to be in play. Um, but on the Arizona side of things... Like, this is the top stack on the slate. Corbin Carroll, I think, for me, is the top bat on the slate. Um, Catel Marte, Christian Walker, Guriel, Perdomo, Longoria, McCarthy, Kelly, whoever is in there. Alec Thomas, we talked about the reach-around stack earlier. Will Benson and Alec Thomas, those are my two favorite guys in the MLB to do that little reach-around stack with because they got speed, they got power, um, and they're always very cheap on good offenses. So I love this entire team. They're my top stack on the slate. Yep, same here. Perdomo was my wraparound guy because remember he he was in a nine hole like most yeah. of the year, and they moved him up to leadoff. And then guess what happened? Now his price is over four K. I was getting him twenty nine hundred, twenty eight hundred, thirty four hundred. I mean, just such cheap pricing, and he screwed it up. And now he's betting leadoff, so he's not sneaky for me anymore. But either way, he's still he's still a good part of this team as well. Really like Arizona Day for sure. Me too. Favorite stack on the board. We do got one more game, though, and they are pretty strong uh, when it comes to offenses, both of these teams. We got the Blue Jays at the Dodgers. Um, Blue Jays have finally been picking up their offense a little bit lately. I kind of said, I think it was on Grinders Live, that I thought Vlad was going to do the same thing he did last year. After that home run uh, derby, just pick things up and finally figure out figure that power back out and he's just been absolutely hammering baseballs lately getting home runs on the road at home both finally which was a very welcome sight after not homering at home for the whole first half of the season um we got jose barrios pitching for the blue jays we got michael grove pitching for the dodgers um i believe it's an eight and a half total in this one um might have creeped up to nine and a half total. Nine and a half, yeah, I got big, big total in this one. Yeah. Um, how, do you have any interest in Jose Barrios? I don't. Um, and guess what? Overall, like overall, Jose Barrios has pitched fine. And so here's the thing, too, about major league pitchers, TJ. Like sometimes you just got to beat the teams you can beat, and the teams that you can't beat, you just got to pitch well and hope you don't get shelled, right? So, like, when you look at Barrios against teams that he should be dominant with, like the White Sox, Oakland, you know, uh, Minnesota. Like, he's kind of done that. But but in some of these other matchups, Boston kind of got destroyed. Atlanta, 
got hit around a little bit. Um, Houston got hit around a little bit. Boston, again, had an okay game, but still gave up four, five hits, four runs. He was just able to pick up the strikeouts. Arizona gave up seven hits. You see what I'm saying? Like, teams that can hit, he's just okay. And so he's facing a team today that can hit. I, I, I can't play Barrios. Like, he, he's, he's on blow-up alert for me. Like, he could very easily get nuked in three, four innings here. If the sights went, hey, you know, it's the Dodgers. We're going to give a nice price discount. And Jose Barrios was like 7500 Oh, man, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, for sure. But 9800 on FanDuel, 9 on DraftKings. Don't I just I don't think I'd ever play a pitcher against the Dodgers at that price tag, really, unless their name was Spencer Strider or Jacob deGrom. Like uh, outside of Dot, like I don't play pitchers against the Dodgers. And so um, unless they're an absolute ace, I'm not paying over 9K for one of these guys. Yeah. Um, as much as I like Barrios, he's been having a great season. Um, I think this is just the slate. Like it's an eight game slate, yeah. kind of lower tier pitching, only a couple guys. Like he should he should not have been more expensive, in my opinion, than Maeda. But I think the reason he's more expensive is Maeda's leash. Like he mm-hmm. does have a longer leash, but like he doesn't have this isn't the same matchup. Like he he, he shouldn't score more fantasy points than Maeda or Logan Allen. Michael Groves pitched two games in a row uh, in a row pretty well. He's playing the Blue Jays, who are very right-handed heavy, and he struggles far more against lefties. Can we play Michael Grove? Uh, you can. I'm not. <laughs> you can, but I'm not is about exactly how I feel about this one as well. Um, I, I, I very rarely play pitchers against the Blue Jays, but I don't think uh, Michael Grove is going to be one of the guys that I'm taking an exception on, even though like he's got a pretty decent strikeout rate to right-handed bats. He's not getting hit as hard, but the, the Blue Jays right-handed bats are too good uh, for me to want to target. Um, bats in this one, do you have any interest in the Blue Jays going up against Grove? Because I think they're not maybe in my top three, but they're either four or five for me. I'm stacking both sides of this game. Um, and then, I mean, Brandon Belt still cheap. And he's played every day, pretty much every day. Like, I, I don't mind him. Um, and the thing is, Brandon Belt's not a bad hitter. He just needed to get going, right? Like He started he, the year terrible, but, I mean, yeah. he's homered in back-to-back games now. He's got, I think, like five or six home runs in July. Um, yeah, he just needed to get going. Exactly. And so he's, he's striking out way too much, but – Grove only strikes out 17% of lefties. Uh, he's getting hit hard 60% of the time. He's got a 225 ISO, 417 Woba. This guy just can't get lefties out. So I think this is one of the best possible days to take a shot on Brandon Belt. And you had to worry about pinch hit risk a lot earlier in the year. Not really anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's, like I said, he's an everyday player on this squad, on this roster right now. So at 3,100. He was supposed to be when they acquired him. So it's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was never this bad with the Giants. So that's why it's like, well, you knew it was going to come around. Um, everybody goes through slumps. I, I like this team. I, I think I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, me too. I like Belt. I don't even think you're, you'd be crazy to mix in uh, Kevin Kiermeyer in there. He's been having a bit of a resurgence this year. And so yeah. anytime he's facing a righty who really struggles against lefty, I don't mind him. He could steal a base or two if he happens to get on there, put him in your wraparound stacks. 
Alejandro Kirk has finally been hitting the ball better. The Blue Jays have been a disappointment offensively this year. And finally, they really seem to be playing up to the potential we've expected from them. So even a guy like Kirk, who's sub 3K, Dalton Varsho, he's really struggled this year. But I mean, hey, if there's somebody he can turn it around again, it's against it's a guy like Michael Grove, who really struggles against those lefties. So um, even the spend ups like Bichette, Guerrero, they're not tough to get to. They're not expensive. Um, so I do think this is going to be one of the top stacks on the slate as well. I got them ranked somewhere between two and four. I want to see the lineup. I want to see how things uh, shake out uh, with ownership. I know Arizona is my top stack, uh, but I'm still going to have to kind of wait and see who between Cincinnati, Toronto, and uh, St. Louis uh, I want to rank highest next. Um, the Dodgers, Barrios is a great pitcher. He's not someone I typically want to target against, but I'll play the Dodgers against basically anyone um he has been worse throughout his career to uh left-handed hitters and the dodgers are probably going to run out at least seven i I, jd martinez got scratched he might still be uh on on sunday he might still be out monday and so chris taylor bets and maybe a guy like rojas might be the only righties we see in this lineup yeah i I think this is a good spot and for me man i just want to continue to attack burials with good teams like like i said He's doing his job against the teams he should handle, but against good baseball teams, he's just middle of the road at best. And so for me, uh, I, I think Brian mentioned earlier, I think I saw it, he said uh, Freddie Freeman is hot. Uh, he didn't say hot. He said hot with two T's. But I'm going to say hot like I'm, from, like I'm from Boston. Freddie's, man. How dare you? Freddie Freeman is from Canada. No, I know. I <laughs> I'm saying, I had I'm to get it in there. As a fellow Canadian, I had to. I had to get that in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're good. I like Freddie today. I, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. I don't think we'll argue argue with just the the Dodgers in general. My boy Jason Hayward, another just having a resurgent season overall. Three K should be in the lineup. I'm in. Like he's a cheap, another cheap Dodger you can get against Barrios. Low strikeout rate as well. Really like this team as a whole. I don't think you would be crazy to just really cut this game down and give yourself like, even if you're playing a lot of lineups, just give yourself about like six teams that you're going to target. Yeah. Uh, pick these main three or four and then pick your next favorite two. Um, and then uh, really trying to hone in on your, on your favorite pitchers in this slate. And it seems yeah. like an easier, like not that eight games is a lot of games, but it seems like an easier slate than most to really narrow down a, t- a tight player pool because there's a lot of teams that like even a team like like Houston where they got a pretty decent team total well there's one guy I want to play uh Milwaukee I don't mind Milwaukee at all but outside of Willie Adamas there's nobody that really screams at me and so I don't hate the idea of just xing out most of the uh, some of these teams other than their best hitters get me Adamas in there get me uh Kyle Tucker in there for KC, give me Salvi and Bobby Witt. And then just have those guys as one-offs for these other top stacks on the board. And I think that's going to be a really strong way of going about this. If you're watching us on Monday, getting ready early in the morning with your coffee or whatever you're drinking, getting ready for work, uh, make sure you uh, hit that like button. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast on the podcast channel, uh, Rate a nice little, give Stevie a nice little five stars. Give him a nice little five star review. If it's Apple Podcasts, you can write a nice written review. Say, Morning Grinds, my favorite DFS contest. It's wild what those types of things do for the algorithms. Um, so make sure you leave a little uh, five star rating and uh, review over there as well. 
Thanks to everyone who has joined us live. I don't remember what the specifics of the morning grind game are, but uh, I'm going to just do my best to make things oh, well, up. I, anyway. I, I'm here all the time. I, I know what the specifics are. What is, it, is it first one? Is it uh, a pitcher to get over six strikeouts, right? Favorite, favorite pitcher under 8K to get six strikeouts. Favorite pitcher under 8K to get six strikeouts. Well, uh, Will, you're the, you're the guest today. I'm the, I'm the host. This is my podcast. Uh, it's the answer. The real answer is no one, but I'm going to go with Patrick Corbin. Yeah, the real answer probably is no one for sure. I'm going to go with Ryan Yarbrough. Um, I'm probably he's going to probably be the only pitcher on the slate I will take a shot on. Uh, that's lower priced than uh, Kenta Maeda. Yep, like my entire pool of pitching, I think, is going to be Castillo, Darvish, Barrio. Sorry, Castillo, Darvish. Alan Gray, Maeda, and Yarbrough. Even if I play 160 lineups, it's only 150 lineups. It's only going to be those six. Yeah, yeah um, keep, it, keep it concise. Do you know your uh, over 8K to bust? Who do you got? Yeah, less than 15 points. Give me Barrios. Yeah, that's the correct answer. I guess I'm going to go with Kenta Maeda. Oh, getting saucy. I don't think I, – I think Logan Allen is going to get enough strikeouts that even if the Royals punch four or five runs on him, I still think he's going to have a decent score. Um, Maeda, his pitch count's just so low that if he doesn't get it figured out early, Seattle hits a couple homers off of him, he could be in for uh, a tough one. So there is no other right answer, I think, uh, outside of Berrios, but I'm going to go with Kenta Maeda. Um, favorite hitter to get two-plus hits? Over 4K? Well, you're doing it in reverse, but that's fine. <laughs> Favorite hitter under 4K to get two plus hits. Give me – and I think I actually got my last one. I went with Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson was 3,900, facing like the worst pitch of all time. So I don't know how that ended up happening. Give me uh, – you know what? I'm going to stick with uh, – give, give me give – me, Give me Owen Miller against Ashcraft. Don't mind that one one bit. I was torn between two. I was thinking either um, I was looking at maybe going – I don't even know where that first guy went that I was thinking about, so I guess I don't even have to contemplate. C.J. Abrams. Oh, Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe is the other guy I was thinking about going with. But C.J. Abrams is uh, the one. I like Nate Lowe to hit a homer, but I like C.J. Abrams to get two-plus hits. Let's get weird GPP play of the day, Will. Okay, so we're making up our own game. Got it. Isn't that one of them? Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Isn't that on no? There? That that's usually in uh, that's usually in in uh, NBA. Ah, oh, I totally thought that was one of them. <laughs> it is in NBA. So the the, uh, the other one for baseball is favorite hitter over five K uh, to hit a home run. Okay, favorite player over five K to hit a home run. Who you got? Uh I'm not. I'm not gonna take your guy. I'm gonna stick in this last. Is just, I, I gotta go with Freddie, man. He's just, he's rolling right now. Give me Freddie. I'm worried. About, I don't even remember who my guy is, but uh, I guess maybe because he's 5K on the dot. I mean, look, Corbin Carroll is probably the yeah, answer. That, yeah, that's what I thought you were going with, so I just let it ride. Yeah, no, Corbin Carroll is like the chalk answer. I'd love to go Vlad because he's 5K flat and he's my guy. But I got a feeling about Kyle Tucker. He's uh he's the one I want to go with today. I think Kyle Tucker's not going out of the park. 
Yeah, man. Um, I love it. That'll do it for the morning grind. Make sure you hit the like button and uh, tune into the shows later in the day. We got Grinders Live. We got uh, Crunch Time. But we also got a pretty important show for uh, some uh, some pick'em plays. Will, you're going to be uh, on there Monday, aren't you? Yeah, man. Take your pick'em uh, every weekday, uh, Monday through Friday at 1030 Eastern. I do have, you know, special guests. Uh, that come on. We had Eric Bynford last week. We talked a little bit of season long. We had Britt a couple weeks ago, talked a little bit of season long. Uh, we've had Dion come on and talk WNBA. We've had people from the prop shop come on and talk MLB. Uh, stay tuned. TJ will be on. I got my uh, another one of my, my really good friends in the industry, Kamish. She's going to come on. So it's a fun time. It's a great time. And uh, we've been winning. So that that's all you need to know. Yeah, fresh off of a hot weekend. Make sure you tune in for Jeep's Take Your Pick'em show in the morning. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you got something for specifically MLB prize picks coming uh, tomorrow, too. Yeah. Uh, And so we got lots and lots of good content coming on Monday. So make sure you tune in to all of it. I'm going to be on the expert survey. My name is TJ. This has been Chief. No Stevie with us today, but we still did our best to bring you a fantastic show. And uh, good luck today, everybody. Peace. Thank you.